0: Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now, your host, Steve Hall.
1: Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Mustang Owners Podcast. Today, we're joined by Jeff Bleemeister. He is the director of the AACA Museum in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And, uh, well, I want to welcome you to the podcast, Jeff.
0: Hey, Steve. Thank you very much. I'm very happy
1: to be here. Well, we appreciate taking some time and chatting with us. It's always fun to talk to another museum guy and a Mustang guy, which we'll get into a little bit later. But uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit to start with about the museum itself?
0: Uh, yeah, I'd be happy to. You know, of course, uh, I wanna put it out there right up front that we uh, we're open, you know, year round, seven days a week except for the major holidays, and we'd love to have anyone out there in the listening audience come visit us in Hershey. You know, Hershey's big chocolate capital, but it's also uh, it's also a car capital and, and we have one of the best museums in the country and we're happy to show it off. Um AACA Museum opened in two thousand three. We're about to celebrate our twentieth anniversary. We have a 70,000 square foot, three-story building located right down the street from uh, the Giant Center, which is where all the entertainment takes place in Hershey, and right down the street from the park. Uh, we we have a fantastic world-class collection of cars, trucks, buses, and motorcycles. We just had a uh, a bus. We rent uh, cars and buses out to productions. If anyone happened to watch the the Walton's Homecoming special on the CW on Sunday night, one of our buses was took place in that. It was a, a blue bus. It's, it's the only bus I think in the thing took place in in the uh, the production. We're also, we have have collections, we have everything. We have several Mustangs, which is always great. But we're really well known for having the world's largest collection of of Tucker, 1948 Tucker automobiles. We have three of the 51, I think, that were built in 48, including the only one with an automatic transmission that survived, as well as a test chassis and archives from blueprints from the archives, everything Tucker-related. So, you know, that's our museum in a nutshell. We're a Smithsonian affiliate as well. We're, uh, We're all about education and entertainment. We try and combine the two into a nice... Product that appeals not just to gearheads but to every member of the family, and uh, we're located right in Hershey, and, and looking forward to welcoming more visitors every year.
1: Well, let's let's go a little bit into the future then, if I may. So, what kind of uh, vest do you have planned for twenty twenty two? Well,
0: one of the things that we take pride in is always trying to keep the museum fresh. We have uh, two every year. We do two changing exhibits. Right now, we just switched over, and um, our feature exhibit that will run from from now. It opened last weekend, and it will go through April. Is called Survivors. It's it's all original vehicles. You know, it's 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 barn finds that are in running condition. and It's stuff that's been immaculately well preserved. It's a really nice collection of of cars, small trucks, and motorcycles that uh, have never been restored. You know, almost all of them have original paint. They all have at least you know 75, 80 percent of the original feature of the car left. Some have really cool patinas. Some look like they uh, just rolled off the showroom. So that's our our, our main our main exhibit right now. We have a whole series of programs as well in, in special events, fundraising events, uh, Zoom podcasts, you, you name it. We try and do everything we can to, to stay active with the public and engaged.
1: Well, I can certainly relate to that. I know that that's the key is to keep people engaged and be relevant to them and their car interests and such. And so that's that's is important. But I was going to ask you, though, when you're coming to decide about it is an exhibit that you're going to do, do you look at it as that is it more important to have quality of the cars or the quantity of cars? Kind of curious what your take is, because I, I struggle with that a little bit from some of the comments I get from guests.
0: That, that's a really good question. I think it really varies by subject matter. We we, we try and be academic. We also try and be entertaining. So I, we we want something. It doesn't matter. You can put together the best exhibit in the world, and no one comes to see it. It's almost pointless. So we 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 try and tackle subject matter that's going to be appealing to people. So just as a as an aside, the pandemic took a real hit out of the all museums, as you well know. But we were planning probably one of our biggest exhibits to open. And the opening date fell right in the middle of the pandemic. We had to we had to defer things and modify stuff. But the exhibit that we were working on was um, called Yeah, It's Got a Hemi. And you think, well, okay, that's a Chrysler, that's a Mopar exhibit. But no, we tackled the whole history of anything with a hemispherical combustion chamber head on the engine. We went back to the turn of the, the 19th and the 20th century. We had everything in there from a, a Duesenberg because it has, and and we had a, a Boss 428 Mustang, of course along with all every Mopar you could think of. And we also had cut cut castaway uh, cutaway engines, all kinds of things. We had a harbor free engine you could buy for a hundred bucks, put in your go-kart or more or whatever it may be, had a hemispherical head on it. So we we try to tackle the whole subject. We had this whole thing planned out and and COVID really took a hit on it. So it put a, a hit on the attendance for that exhibit because it, it debuted and came out when we had restrictions on how many people we could have through the building and all that. So you know it's, we try for quality, but we also want to have an appealing product that people really want to see.
1: Well, uh, no, it's kind of I I kind of kind of second that because it is it is a yin and yang. You get pulled both ways, and you understand both the, uh, both of those. But uh, you mentioned you brought up about COVID, and I know each state handled it differently. Here in North Carolina, we were shut down. Period for a period of time. But let me, tell me a little bit about Pennsylvania. How did the state react to museums being open or partially open? Were you par Were you open at all?
0: Well, we uh, we were over the course of the, the first year. Of COVID, we were closed 100 days. And, and then when we reopened, it was under uh, strict limits on how many people you could have in the building. And fortunately, we're a big enough place that we're, we're only really full several times a year and we're having events or during the big fall meet in Hershey here the first week in October. So that wasn't, a, that wasn't a problem for us. What really hurt us was the inability to hold indoor events because, you know, we couldn't hold on to our big fundraising events. And it's just now that we're finally starting to get, it, get back on track for that. And um, even after we opened up, we thought we were going the right way. And then last year, about this time during the holidays, the governor shut down a lot of restaurants and shut down all the museums for another, I think it was two and a half weeks or so. So we went through a couple of real rough stretches. But right now, we're we're back and we're doing pretty well. And we actually had a really good bounce back year in terms of attendance. Did far better than we budgeted for and actually eclipsed, uh, I think, tw- nine, tw- we eclipsed 20 by far. We might have eclipsed 19 t- t- attendance. So there was a pent-up need of people wanting to get out and do things, and we were happy to be able to safely fulfill that. So, yeah, I mean, everyone's, everyone's circumstances were different, but we uh, we went digital and online and did a lot of stuff to try and make up ground that way. And um, we were ready when, when the restrictions were, or, um, were dropped, and we were able to bounce back pretty well.
1: Well, that's good to hear, because I know uh, we were – in 2020, we were closed until September – and even after September and October, you could just see attendance was way off uh, comparatively. But at the same time, people, I don't think, you know, even though you could go to places, people really were still hesitant. So um, it's, still, it's still a building process. And this past year, this year has been much better. I think people are getting more comfortable to do that, do just that, get out and do things car related or whatever, uh, especially travelers. And uh, international travelers are starting to even pick up a little bit, too. So that that's always nice to see. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to ask you about. You're open to all cars. You have you have a great Tucker display there. Like you say, that's the museum for Tuckers. Uh, I was kind of curious if uh, you would like to relay the story with Gail Halderman and Tuckers.
0: Oh um, yeah, it was interesting. We had Gail here for a, we we did a, a 50th anniversary Mustang event. The museum. We had a big gala celebration. We honored Gail by giving him our. Uh, we have an annual award, Museum Heritage Award, and we gave him that for his work in his role with Ford and Lincoln Mercury, of course, over the years, and particularly for the Mustang. But I found out that he is he uh, his mentor was one was one of the designers from the Tucker, and uh, it was just an interesting uh, juxtaposition to see his his interest in the subject matter and, and all the stories he had to tell from from that angle. So I mean, it's the, the automotive world is. is I thought it was really interconnected in the early years when people were, families were buying, you know, buying each other out and the Dodge brothers and, and, and Ford's involvement in other companies, all these different things, but that could continued over the decades. So it was interesting to, uh, to, uh, to hear Gail's take on it. Yes.
1: Well, I know, uh, John Clora was with them and, uh it was kind of interesting that john kept saying he says yeah he says they just could not get Gale out of that that display area he just wanted to sit there and look <laughs> at all the stuff because you said his instructor at art school was one of the designers for the tucker and yeah, uh, right. uh, and Gail gale had a great time i mean he was just a kid in a candy store to see some of that uh he was just you know amazed with it but of course you've got a great museum great display you do all kinds of different cars but also you would know some nice themed areas which i think kind of add to the display or the dioramas of you know like a drive-in or uh, right, uh right. things like that so you go beyond just having cars on display which is great but let me ask you then what was one of a couple um, some specific cars what was your most unique car you you think you've had on display at the museum
0: we had one of the um the future liners the general motors things that the parade of progress the big huge buses we had one of them on display for a while years ago that was pretty unique uh we had someone build a life size. took a i don't know what car he based on but he built a driving vehicle driving version of a life-size pedal car which was which was kind of cool and, and i gotta say of course since we're from hershey we just uh the hershey company has something called the kissmobile at one point, they had three of these things on the road doing promotional events for the company, and they've since decided to change their marketing technique, taking them all off the road, and, and they just donated Kissmobile number one to us, the original Kissmobile. So that's that's something kind of cool and unique that we'll have here indefinitely as well. It's now part of our collection.
1: Well, I know that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's kind of parked right in front of your building, isn't it? Correct. It is. Yeah.
0: And now that we own it, we're probably going to bring it inside and do some conservation and, and touch-up work on it. Sure. Try and do a better job taking care of it since we own it now And. uh yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's just cool. I think what I like to do is uh we have a big summer car show every year, the Father's Day weekend and it's Saturday in uh, in June. I'm gonna display the KISS mobile and I've already I've already got the uh LL Bean bootmobile coming. I'm gonna try and get the Oscar Meyer Oscar Meyer Wiener mobile. Uh there's a Zippo lighter car. There's a whole bunch of different uh mascot cars out there. I'm gonna try and do a uh mascot display, maybe a maybe a Hall of Fame voters choose their every year choose a new one and we'll honor them in a little in space inside the museum with a hall of fame for it mascot
1: mobiles oh very cool you mentioned about the um, a pedal car uh remind me that at a car show we've seen and others i'm sure have seen there's actually a gentleman who has a car but it's actually a uh, a a wagon a pull-along kid's wagon but he he of course made it much bigger and it looks just like a a kid's wagon uh, a pull-along wagon but it's a car and uh, so there, there are some neat things up there, and especially at Woodward Dream Cruise time, you'll see all kinds of different ideas turned into cars. So it's it's kind of cool to see those things, and obviously when you have a chance to have some of those things on display, that's a, that's an attraction. That's something that's really attraction-wise. So, but um, well, let me, let's 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 switch over a little bit. Let's talk about Mustangs. That's <laughs> that's the fun part. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and, and Jeff was one of our guest speakers when we opened up our museum. He came down and chatted with our folks about museums. Well, obviously, um, he's many people may not know this, but uh, you're, you're 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 kind of a Mustang guy. So why don't you tell folks what you've got.
0: No, oh, I've been a Mustang guy since, you know, I started, ironically, I started reading Car Craft and Hot Rod Magazine back when I was in my teens. And I, I thought the Camaro was just the 67 Camaro was such a cool car until I discovered that it's in the the Mustang is the original one. I mean, and uh, I've been in love with Mustangs probably since I was 17 or 18 years old. And I bought my first one when I was in college back in the 80s. You know, I'm, I'm becoming a senior citizen now. So I've had one continuously since 1980. I think 1983, I've had a 83 or 84, I've had a, a, a classic or a vintage Mustang continuously since that time. Right now, I'm proud to have a, um, a 68 Coupe that I've actually bought not too far from you in Charlotte. in eBay in 1999 and drove back to Pennsylvania. I still own it. And I also have a 64 and a half, you know, a, a June built 65 convertible with a generator that's that's restored to original original condition. Uh, and,
1: you know, I'm happy to have both those cars. Oh, cool! So I haven't seen that one. I'm, on a, I'm, I'm hoping to be able to come up sometime soon. Um, because also, uh, I wanted to mention while we were on the phone, we just got down with Foxtoberfest. You have a big, uh, you're, you're. Well, I let me back up it for a minute and say this: is that uh, the Fox Resto folks who put on the event, they, uh, they seem to really enjoy having their their event tied into a museum because they, they. Tied us into theirs, and we did some things with them. But um, I think the cool event is the name is the Chocolate Foxes that, uh, yeah, that the, yeah, they've come yeah, up to absolutely. you. So right,
0: They had one here last summer. It was a big success. They had traffic backed up when they in the drive you know when it started out in the morning, going back, like I think, almost half a mile in Hershey.
1: Well, I know they get a lot of comment about how a lot of folks feel that Charlotte is just too far for them to come, and then they hear, you know, like this that weekend, we had 718 registered uh, there were wow. more there were more foxes running around that weren't registered uh, I, I, for some reason as such but um, yeah, I, they were also relating that they get a lot of comment about well you know I live in Pennsylvania I live in upstate New York I'm in Ohio that's too far to go and and and, and which is understandable and I think sometimes it's also maybe the reliability of the car you know to I mean, you don't see a lot of fox bodies being trailered <laughs> let's put it that way the,
0: These, the, right, Yeah, and I've had a fox body in the. Yes, they're, they're fun cars to drive because they're still performance oriented and
1: Mustangs Exactly. Name, but modern enough you can take it on in the interstate, and not have to worry. Exactly, exactly. I mean, they used right. to be they used to be cop cars. I mean, that's they oh, were, you know, of course they, they were, a lot. yeah, and they, and they were picked for a reason. And so my point is that these folks that when they the, with Fox Body guys, they want to go to a car show, they want to drive to the car show, and so I think the idea of them putting a show together in Pennsylvania, which is just such a great car area, uh, is phenomenal uh What you find as far as quality and, and quantity of cars. And so I know that they're excited to be up there. And uh, I think this year they're, you know, of course, going to do it again. And right. they're going to probably find, uh have more. They're hoping to have more cars this time, of course. But uh, I think just the fact is it is in the chocolate capital of the world uh, on the grounds of the museum, what a car destination to go to. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I know they'll be excited to see, to do just that. You were, were mentioned about your Father's Day show. And maybe I shouldn't do this on, on air, but I think I've got a car for you. I have okay. the actually, we actually have in the area, and I'll send you some photos, the original Coca-Cola vending car. That would be awesome. This car is beautiful. I mean, it's, it's, unfortunately, it's all GM. <laughs> I can't use it. <laughs> But I told the owner, because he wanted to know if we'd be interested in and I said, I don't think I can, but I said, I think I know someone up north, because he'd like to have it in a museum for a little bit. He's a wonderful gentleman. And would so, love to have it. That'd be great. So I'm going to send you, well, this one, is, I'll send this to you. This is one that, that models were made of it. I mean, this, this guy is still receiving royalty checks on models. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty Very cool. Interesting. Yeah, it, it's much more along the line of a George Barris car. Uh, I, my last quick question I want to mention too, and maybe talk a little bit of, if you could talk a bit about, is your connection with the Smithsonian Institute?
0: Sure, yeah, yeah, happily we we've been a Smithsonian Institute, a Smithsonian affiliate now. I'll probably I think we got into that the, like, the second year we opened. It's uh, it's nice because it gives it, it gives us a partnership with with probably the largest, best known museum in the world, and and it, it, if you could become a Smithsonian affiliate. It gives you instant credibility, which is something that you know we always want as well. And it, it attracts a different audience. You know, it, it's just it's just a, a great thing to have. We share a lot of information with them. Sometimes we borrow vehicles. They've actually um, deaccessioned, uh, removed from their collection, a couple objects to, to give to us over the years. We've got uh, a 1920s Cadillac chassis coming right now. We have to go down to Washington to pick up. And we got a nice, an uh, enclosed, a little bus jitney type vehicle that used to be used in Atlantic City to transport people on the across the boardwalk. So. You know, it just we, we we like to share information, help each other out with things, and and uh, for us it's been a good investment of time and resources to partner with the Smithsonian because if just, we have a question about something, you know where to go to get the answer, and surprisingly, you know they're they're so diverse they sometimes come to us for questions about cars too. So it's a good symbiotic relationship that goes it goes well back and forth.
1: Well, and I think that's I brought that up, that question up, because I think it's great that museums do work together. I know there's times you and I talk to each other about ideas and things, and we share oh, no, ideas, I've, I've, and and yeah. and they can be even unsolicited. You'll you'll see one of our emails, and you'll say, "Hey, Steve, have you thought about this?" Or I, like I just said to you, "I got a car for you." I think it's great because unfortunately, sadly, is that some museums don't really seem to appreciate other museums. I don't know what that mm-hmm. is, um, but I think it's important because while we you presentation is different than ours because of course you do different things different goals but we are car museums and we're all serving the same same public and, and the same same you know we're trying to do the same thing to a degree and so right. uh, I think it's important that I wanted to point that out because well let's face it when it comes to museums, Smithsonian is is worldwide world world renowned, and it's they're incredible museums to go to. So I think it's you know obviously to be associated just talks about the quality and the the value of what you offer. I don't think we'll ever get to that level because we're a car guy place. We we're a little <laughs> we're a little different in that regard, and and kind of proud of it. Uh, and so and we are expanding. We are now going to have the entire building for our um, displays this uh, coming spring. So, you know, we're, 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 we're moving along, too. And, and, and I do appreciate the, the fact of having that friendship with you to be able to do some of these things that we talk about. So um, I guess we're, now we're probably at the point where we need to go ahead and kind of wrap up a little bit. But, uh, Jeff, I really want to appreciate uh, you coming on and talking about museums. And uh, I'm sure uh, we'll, you know, we'll, of course, stay in touch and keep uh, keep trying to move forward with some cool things.
0: Oh, absolutely. I know I, I have to get that Cobra on Mustang down to you for display at some point. For yes. The museum collection. Yes. And Steve, one of the things that I forgot to mention to you that makes a museum attractive, we have a really nice storage building down behind a facility. You know, we, like most nonprofit museums, we rely strictly on donations for building our collection. We don't have an acquisitions budget. So we just installed an HVAC system. We got a nice grant, and we have a able to install it in our uh, storage building facility, and we have about 75 more cars in there. And this past summer, we – Opened it up for special tours. We took about a 1,000 people through for a small extra charge. One of our volunteer guides took them down there. And that's where we store all the really neat stuff. So if someone comes to the museum, you know, we can take them through any time of year on a tour. But summertime in particular, we schedule them on a regular basis. We have fire trucks down there, additional muscle cars. We have two wood-bodied funeral hearses, one from the uh, 20s and one from the 30s. And just, just a whole array of neat things so you know we, we're trying to expand our campus as well um by using more of the facilities we already have and making more integrated with our with our public and our visitors to keep it fresh and interesting for people
1: i was aware of those buildings i didn't know that you had opened them up to the public as such and you mentioned fire trucks do you know who was a collector of fire trucks from the uh, from the car from the car
0: world <laughs> it's got to be a mustang guy which one is, which one are you talking about <laughs> carol shelby I did not know that. Yep, in,
1: <laughs> in his he had a, he has a building in a, in LA. It's on Figueroa, and this is where they called the Goodyear Building. He used to be, and he may still be. I, I'm not sure, but he supplied all the tires to uh, NASCAR through Goodyear, and he was the distributor for that. I, again, I don't know the details how that worked, but uh, a couple of times I've been there. They've got this one area that's uh, kind of curtained off, and I kind of stuck my head in there. <laughs> And uh, all I saw was like five or six different fire trucks. And they said that Carol liked to collect fire trucks. Uh, That was just one of his little side passions. Um, And I think normally when you find car guys, they always have other passions, either inside the car industry or maybe it's outside of the car industry. But they also have other collectible passions. And so I always thought that was interesting that I, I don't hear people speak of about Carol Shelby uh race car driver you know car developer uh things that, you know r- race race team director uh, things of course from g t s to shelby's and mustangs, but uh he liked fire trucks
0: very interesting didn't i did not know that so now I learned something useful today That's well, what I appreciate.
1: <laughs> well let's face it when car guys sit down and talk to each other they're all going to walk away just to kind of having a nice conversation we're all going to walk away a little bit more educated uh, about things that are car related so it's always kind of fun to share those kinds of stories and such yep. so uh, exactly what it's all about yes I'm, I would love to be able to see if we create a cruise and come up to the AACA Museum at the same time when they do. When you do have the Hershey event going on. And, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to do more long-distance cruises, so that maybe that's something we can talk about for next fall.
0: Absolutely. Open door for any time you want to come.
1: So uh, with that, I, I want to thank you for coming on, and uh, we'll stay in touch. I'm sure I'll talk to you later this week.
0: Uh, my pleasure. Thank you very much. You take care, Steve.
1: You too, Jeff. Thank you.